Hi, this is Mary James with Passive House Accelerator. Thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast recorded at FiasCon 23 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to Zola Windows for their support of this series. And I am here with Cynthia Suarez. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work at Upa Green Spaces? I'm from Houston. I'm an architectural designer. I am also the secretary for the FIAS Alliance Council. So I joined Uber Green about three years ago, and I, I originally joined as an architectural designer. And soon afterwards, I was introduced to the Woofy modeling. So over time, we've been trying to model different homes in different regions, mainly Houston, Cincinnati, Ohio, a project in Louisville, Kentucky. And so over time, it's, it's been really cool learning the different assemblies of, of what makes this work for different climates. Although all of those climates that you mentioned are at least in the warm, hot area, yes? Well, Houston definitely is really hot. Louisville, Kentucky, I, I, I believe they get cold. Same with Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. <laughs> Colder there, <laughs> yeah. for sure. So you're seeing a variety of assembly types that you need. Yes, yes. Depending what the homeowner wants, whether it's siding, stucco, whether we're insulating underneath the slab or not, the different amounts of insulation that we use on the outside of, of, of the control layers, even the, the types of, of like how we're addressing underneath the roof. Are we using spray foam? Are we using a different material? Or lately, we've been even talking about using rock wool because some clients are more con- concerned about carbon, although there's probably more discussion about that too. Um, but, you know, some clients want us to use different materials, so we, we have to investigate, model it, and, and then see how it performs. And you mentioned insulation under the slab, and that the need for that varies by climate. Have you had a lot of discussions in your office about that? Yeah, so we traditionally don't model under this, don't model insulation under the slab in Houston. Although even yesterday there was a discussion about that in in one of our sessions. So that's something you know we we'd like to explore further as well. But for sure in in Louisville we insulate under the slab as well as do ICF foundation, and we have a project in Cincinnati, Ohio, where we're we're using more than four inches that uh, we used in Louisville. Now we're doing six inches. So it, it's, it's very interesting what we choose to do for what home. Even looking at projects that have already been constructed and someone wants us to run an energy model on it, that's also like an educational piece to see why their home is prefer- performing a certain way and what could have been done differently to get the performance that that client was looking for. That's great. Yeah, it's really probably a little unfortunate for those clients if their homes are not performing the way they wanted to, but great to try and figure out why it's not working. Yeah, and, and it leads to more conversation. Like, could, could we talk to a manufacturer? Could we talk to just getting more people 
seated at the table earlier. Even here in Houston, some sometimes we come, well, a lot of times we come across other subs that have probably no experience doing theus or speaking in the terms that, that we speak in. And so it, it is very important to kind of get everybody on the same page early and, and you know, encourage each other to try this. And But speaking of trying new things, yesterday there was a lot of discussion about a design project that you were involved in in your student days, which is actually going to come to pass in Houston, which is pretty amazing. I mean, I don't know how many students actually get to see a student project become an actual project. Can you talk about that project? Yes, that project was led by students from Prairie View and Prairie View is an HBCU. It has a connection with Houston, although it's not HBCU, historically black Black college college. and university. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, so it's, it's about 50 minutes away from Houston. It's not necessarily in the Houston area, but a lot of folks in the Houston area do attend Prairie View. So it's really special because I believe it's allowed us to bridge like community with students and, and, you know, showcasing the next generation doing the work. I think that's really, really special. If, if, well, when it finally does get built, just the opportunity for the community to see, look, these students did this and, you know, maybe more projects could come in the future where the community is working with the students. I, I would really love to see that. And so this project is called Fly Flat? Yes. And it's a duplex? Is that what it is? So the idea was to create a pocket community And during our investigation, we realized that there are different organizations that have vacant lots and these vacant lots can be used for something and and they are intended to be used by the community, but nothing has come forward. So the, the design intent was to partner with a land bank or a land trust, get some lots and then create a pocket community on these lots. Some of these lots that are unused are usually awkward shaped or narrow so because of the lots being narrow, we designed it to be on two lots that are adjacent to each other. And we do have plenty of vacant lots in Houston that are next to each other. So we just we actually replicated the, that same template a few times in different neighborhoods, one in Acres Homes, one in Independent Heights um, for different competitions. So on two lots, we would have four buildings, one iteration of each type of floor plan. So one bedroom designed for a young professional, two bedroom for maybe an older generation, a couple, and and maybe a three bedroom for a family and a community center, as well as a garden in the in the center. So it's sort of create walkability. We we designed the that pocket neighborhood to also have the porches facing each other so people would be able to kind of look into, well, look at their neighbor and be able to wave. The, the site was all permeable and the, the community guarding and the, the recreation center were designed to be places where, where the neighbors could gather, learn, or host it for like parties, as well as house the backup battery storage for the solar panels that were intended to be on top of each home 
to produce electricity and and each each unit produces more electricity than it consumes so having that backup storage in the community center was beneficial and so how is it that it's going to actually get built so shelly's been working really closely uh, and shelly's my professor for our prairie view but she's been working with the city has some contacts and really been pushing this project you know asking everybody for help and everybody that we ask for help always likes to listen and contribute more ideas so right now we're trying to get lots from the city and once we do get those two lots depending on where they will be placed then the funding can can come in and fias is also partnering to help out as well as other folks that are very interested in donating um of course to make this work since it is going to be a city project um using city funds in order to make it fias and and actually have all those performance and efficient equipment uh, we probably will be needing many donations, um, like windows, um, the mechanical equipment, all of the the special things that make make it high performing and not just a traditional city built home. Great. Well, that would be an exciting project to have happen. Yes, and it, and it'll serve as an educational piece too to the community because you know once once we built it and it is a FIA certified home. Uh, builders can come look at it. Any trades can come see what we did differently here, what was needed to make it airtight and also allow other subs to work on the home. The health and wellness compo- component, the, the grid, the microgrid on the, on the community. There's a lot of educational pieces in all parts of the design. That's great. And one thing that was brought up yesterday was resilience. Was there particular aspects of the design that were focused on resilience features? Yes, the, the student design that won the competitions was um, elevated four feet above the uh, ground, which now in Houston, any, any home that's built in a floodplain needs to be four, elevated four feet or, or designed wow. four feet above. The fly flat has two roof so just the thermal boundary roof and then an an additional overhang roof that's about a foot above the the original roof structure to block the extra sun reflect it so that provides shade the original design also had like suji bond wood that's termite resistant and a very durable and the mechanical system and windows all of those upgrades to the to the envelope really help the interior be resilient and and offer the the homeowner like cheaper cheaper utilities. So that also adds to the resilience piece where they can afford to live there, and it'll be a healthier home. The microgrid can be really flexible, but our design intended the microgrid solar to be used as a way to generate passive income to sell back some of that electricity. So resiliency is really important. And, and then with a durable home, in the case of a hurricane, you don't have to start all over, which is sort of the reason why, how this project generated where in Independence Heights, many homes were vacated because they, they had never recovered from hurricanes in the past, whether they didn't get funding or whether there was other factors. We're trying to prevent someone to have to start over. 
That's great, yeah, because we know there's more hurricanes coming, mm -hmm. unfortunately, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you stopping by to talk. Thank you, Mary. Thank you.